0: Should we play five things? Yeah. Okay. Uh five things you'd find at a power plant. Workers. One. Power. Two.
1: Plants. Three. <laughs> a big old boss. Four. Hair?
0: Five. Okay. <laughs> do you feel good? Do you feel warm it? Yeah,
1: do you want to do one? Uh sure. <clears throat> five things uh you should never say to your doctor.
0: I'm a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> one. Uh, I uh, have pictures to show you Two I have a dog rash <laughs> Three I am a better doctor
1: <laughs> Four
0: I know your diploma's fake <laughs> Five Okay, cool versus movie versus movie, movie, versus movie. movie, versus movie. all right (sighs) uh welcome here we go hi alice welcome to movie versus (laughs) movie (laughs) thanks nick um, why don't you tell everyone about yourself a little bit?
1: I love movies.
0: Yeah, cool. You and... watch them more than I do. <laughs> <laughs> I've watched
1: way more movies than Nick. Yeah. So it's funny that he has the podcast and not <laughs> Honestly, me.
0: Honestly, <laughs> I just sort of stumbled into this. So. <laughs> <laughs> he
1: tripped and fell and he landed on a podcast. Yeah,
0: exactly. Um, yeah, uh, Alice, you actually inspired this episode. Not only. Was I it, did? Was it the month of love, February? Ooh. But you've been trying to get me to watch these movies for like a long time. A very
1: long time. I always want Nick to watch movies that I love, and he. Never wants to <laughs> so it took a podcast to to make well, this happen. This the
0: thing about movies, um, especially the ones that you love, is, is same with books really. Um, I used to uh, oh, I guess we should also mention that we are dating mm-hmm. um, when we first started dating. <laughs> uh, um, I tried to like do the thing of like i 'm going to learn everything that you know that you really, really love and kind of like see what you 're all about and you started giving me books and you gave me music, and I started listening to it and reading them. And I, I got I got us to, to a stumbling block with the organ book where it was just it's a it's a very well written wonderful book, book
1: called Never Let Me Go. Never There's Let Let Me also Go. a film.
0: Yeah, it is really essentially about people who are living so that their organs can be harvested. It's
1: dystopian fiction, but yeah. it's very well written. Yeah, it's super
0: well written, but it's also really fucking depressing.
1: <laughs> I like sad books. You
0: do. You also like really stressful and sad movies. Which yeah. Is, yeah. Yeah. And um, I am somebody who is uh even in the best of times a low level of anxious (laughs)
1: well we find you find we find different things stressful
0: yeah um whereas you find threats to your physical harm or threats to your you know order of hierarchy of needs or whatever i find everything stressful stressful yeah Mm Especially um,
1: TV shows.
0: Yeah, I hate them. Yeah. <laughs> Not really. I do like uh, a, a good old TV film once in a while. Uh, that's what I call them. Up, uh, TV films. Yeah, TV films. Um, but they do stress me out quite a bit. So uh, um,
1: So it's hard to get them to sit down and,
0: and just and watch, watch it. But we finally did. Uh, and this, these are... This trilogy, I should also mention movie versus movie fans, that not only is this episode movie versus movie, but it is- It's movie
1: versus movie versus movie! Yeah! Woo!
0: (laughs) (laughs) We're really, this is value, because we are doing the before trilogy.
1: Yes. Uh, Directed by Richard Linklater.
0: Yeah. I was going to say Robert, so it's good that you said it. (laughs) <laughs> um Richard Linklater who also did Boyhood really obsessed with like the passage of time we'll talk about it but
1: mm-hmm. lots about time
0: Starring Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy who's wonderful uh, had never heard of her before has she really this done This is it?
1: this is what she's most known for?
0: Yeah, that uh, makes sense. I Little French Lady. Yeah, she's really wonderful in these films. Just to give like a background, they're essentially mm-hmm. like romance films. Yes. And they are all set nine years apart from each other. Yes,
1: and we're all made nine years apart from each other. So you see the characters and the actors actually aging throughout the the three films,
0: which is kind of uh, Richard's little shtick.
1: It is his shtick. He does he does the same thing in Boyhood, except in Boyhood you see the child aging all in one film. Yeah, which I find. Freaky
0: it's too much
1: it's too much too it's, quick it's too it's too much it's weird because I think in every other movie thing where yeah. you have someone aging, it's just different actors, yeah. and so I think that that's what we're used to. that's what we're used to seeing, but in boyhood, he's magically actually <laughs> getting older, and it's the same kid. so
0: is it kind of like uh uncanny valley do you think or? uh
1: it, it feels like it, it's not as uncanny valley as uncanny Valley thinks. <laughs>
0: Really well put. <laughs>
1: because he, he, it is actually is actually aging, so it's yeah. it's, so it's it's not uncanny. It's, not, it's just It's life. not fake. <laughs> it's just it's it's actually just the passage. It's of just time. the
0: cosmic <laughs> horror that is life.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's something a little something called puberty.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, but this uh, trilogy really sidesteps all of the puberty stuff by starting us off after puberty. Correct. On a train. First things first, we gotta say. That this trilogy of films is really a love letter to public transportation. Yes, in Europe. In Europe.
1: Because the public transportation here, not not, not, a- not romantic.
0: <laughs> not only do, do planes, trains, automobiles, buses, boats. Boats, lots of boats. Lots of boats, even um, some cars. There's a car. There's there a car, car in the third one. They Not only do they get these characters from place to place, but they make them fall in love. That's right. They really... Mm. Yeah, it's beautiful.
1: It is beautiful. This
0: is what a a strong um, social safety net and and investment into our public infrastructure could do. All of us could be in love right now if we had... On a train. (laughs) More investments in trains. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so let's start it off with uh, Before Sunrise, made in 1994.
1: Released in 1995. Yes. Made in 1994.
0: Exactly. So for the
1: characters, it's
0: 1994. And... uh, yeah, the first thing I have written down is trains. We love them because that is where we start off on this train going between-
1: Somewhere and Vienna. <laughs> yeah,
0: somewhere in Vienna. And uh, well, we... we
1: know that Julie Delpy's character was in Budapest with her grandmother, yes. who plays an important um, throughout role films. throughout the films, yeah. yeah.
0: We see that there is this German couple who's really just fucking fighting. They're they... giving it to they each other. They hate each other. <laughs> One thing that I don't understand, but maybe this is something that says about me, but throughout these films, there are several fights that happen, right? Yes. And every time that there's a fight, they like the person who has been fought with gets left somewhere. Like in this this German couple, the woman like grabs his newspaper and like throws it, and then and then she leaves, away. and he like gets right up and follows her. And I feel like if I'm ever in a fight, that I'm just sort of like. I think some distance could be good right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, th- I
1: think we see that again in the last film yeah. as well with, um, when we see the two main characters getting into a pretty bitter fight. Yeah, Julie Delpy storming off and then Ethan Hawke following behind. Yeah, her. Maybe it's the, um,
0: the like unacceptableness of being apart. Oh, love.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we need to be together twenty four seven forever.
0: No, so they um,
1: monogamy.
0: So. These two um start fighting the German couple and uh Miss Delphi Celine uh, Celine? Yeah, she's sort of like fuck this shit. I'm going to get out of here and she gets up and she She's w- trying to read. She's trying to read which and-
1: already I'm I'm into it
0: you saw yourself in this character. I
1: mean <laughs> Celine is maybe one of our best woman characters love, we have that's
0: wow that's, I love her that's a big statement maybe
1: it's because I identify with her a lot yeah
0: and you're just like yeah I am the best <laughs> I woman. I am Celine and
1: I <laughs> rule
0: yeah uh, yeah so she gets up and she starts walking to the back of the train a little bit and she sits down and she sees across from her. Mr. Ethan Hawk.
1: Mr. Ratman Ethan Hawk. Okay, as Nick so, referred to him. So throughout Gre- the films, Greasy Rat Man, I believe so, were the so words throughout used. used. The
0: only thing that I really like really picked out as something that was unbelievable or whatever is that anybody could really find this greasy rat person attractive. <laughs> that from his like hair to his weird little like whiskery. Goatee.
1: Yeah. It's not good facial hair. All the way
0: down to the way that he like rolls his top lip under it so that you see all of his gum and top teeth. He's just a rat. He's got
1: a lot of teeth.
0: Yeah, he does. He's got all of them, really. (laughs) No, he's got, I think he's got more than normal. Yeah. But he, the thing is, is that he's like quite he's quite good in these movies, both of them. And we'll they talk are about very it.
1: good, they're they're very
0: good movies. Yeah, they're very good. At, but yeah, in a way where I, I was watching the movie and I was like, I even told you, I was like, were, were these like totally improvised?
1: This- Nick thought the entire movie was improvised, <laughs> which is a wild thought to have.
0: So the thing about it is-
1: When that the structure of the film is
0: quite good. No, but it's, it's filmed in such a way where it is so naturalistic. It's very naturalistic. That at any point in time, I was sort of just like, yeah, this is, and even the way that the, the shots are framed and everything, they're not framed so that they are, so that they are cinematic shots. They are framed so that they are real life that we are looking at re- like how a normal person would see the world,
1: and it makes sense that you would you would think that they were improvised a little bit because there. Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy had a lot of input into their characters, yeah. into what they would say. Um, it wasn't just the writers of the film um, giving them scripts. I mean, obviously, Julie Delpy, I'm sure, is playing a version of herself. Yeah, right. Um, as is Ethan Pro- Hawke.
0: Yeah, the same with Ethan Hawke, which like makes him even more of a rat man <laughs> i i just think that he yeah there's something about him that i was just like a little off put by but at the same time but it
1: doesn't ruin the movie
0: yeah it doesn't ruin the movie and also i was just sort of like these are definitely real people and and i think that me being off put by ethan hawk in this movie also like should give the listener a feel for how real these movies were, where it's sort of like, yeah, okay, whatever, man, and not, oh wow, movie star talking to movie star. It's like real. It just feels it's, super nice to, mm-hmm. and maybe that's why I didn't feel anxious watching it. Uh, was because I could just really settle in, and it was just mm-hmm. like people. talking. It just washes over you. Yeah, and it just feels like you are sort of party to an experience of these people just talking. I guess we should also get into like the plot of the film. Is that? They, they start talking on the train. They mm-hmm. have like a really interesting, they're, cool talk. They're both
1: reading different yeah. books, which they share with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, Readers, and man. immediately, immediately they start getting into, you know, kind of deep, important
0: yeah. talks. They, they're starting to talk about like death and like, life yeah. and
1: Ethan Hawke's ghost grandma
0: Yeah, I guess that is
1: true. (laughs) (laughs) And that's before they even get off the train. Yeah. Um, So they have some chemistry.
0: Yeah, and right off the bat, like I, I was not attracted to Ethan Hawke in any of these movies. You were saying, like in the first movie, that you were like, yeah, I'd, I'd go there. And then Mary Ellen was also like hot as fuck for the first one.
1: I think it's not necessarily him. It's the situation. It's just such a romantic, beautiful set of films and situation. And so they're on the train. And then um, Ethan Hawke has a uh, Julie is going back to her home in Paris. Ethan Hawke has his name is Jess Jesse, Julie Delpy. Sorry, Celine. Let's call them by their character (laughs) names. So Jesse, he has a flight out of Vienna. Uh, and he was just going to bum morning. around in the morning. He was just going to bum around it's the evening before.
0: Yeah, he doesn't have money for a hotel.
1: So he asks her to get off the train with him.
0: Yeah, like there's this great thing where they're having a great talk. And he's like, oh, man, it really sucks that I have to go. And then he leaves. And then he comes back. and He's like, hey, this is crazy. Would you want to get off the train with hey, me? Hey,
1: I just met you.
0: Yeah. And this, and is, this cr- is crazy. crazy. Want to get off this train, train with, with me? <laughs> Um, yeah and so they and she's like yeah sure and they get off and then they just like you said start wandering around the Vienna yeah the city and it's just really beautiful
1: and the most of the rest of the film is them talking and walking and doing various uh, activities they 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 run into these two uh, Austrian actors. I mean, they must. I we' we're, re- we're really hoping they're a gay couple. We don't know, but <laughs> it feels like that's maybe what the film is telling us. They invite... Uh,
0: Them to go see this play. play. Yeah.
1: Which is called, in English, Bring Me the Horns of Wilmington's <laughs> Cow.
0: <laughs> which, honestly, if we were walking around Vienna and mm-hmm. someone said that, I'd be like, Yes. We have to fucking
1: go. We if it was us, we would
0: go. But the the other thing is that like it sets it up. There's like a really solid scene where this happens. Then they just never fucking
1: go to the play. <laughs> they do They're mention gonna... missing the play yeah. um, later, which I think is is another part of the romance, is that like yeah. they get so caught up in talking and walking and they go to a bar and they play pinball, they go on a boat yeah. that they just forget yes. that they were supposed to go to the weirdest play written
0: yeah and they keep having these really deep talks this is something that I've said multiple times throughout the 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 thing i i would keep turning to alice and be like if even one of these things happened you'd be like wow this is the most romantic thing that's ever happened in my fucking <laughs> life like if someone asks you to get off the train with them and like go wander around vienna and keep talking with them for the day even if you say no you're like that was a fucking romantic thing even if i mean unless it's like a creepy scary situation but but i
1: also think that the films especially the later ones they acknowledge yeah how wild and romantic and once in a lifetime this the experience of the first film is yeah and so i think that that even adds to how realistic and real they feel because in the second film we have jesse writing a book a whole book about that experience because it was so formative and so important in his life even though it was only one night.
0: Yeah, we'll get to, to the second movie as well because honestly, that's my favorite of the three. Ah. Um, but the, sec- the first one, so they, they, they talk to these play people. They're talking about death and love and life. And like, Celine is low-key depressed, right? Would you say? I mean, she's like, yeah, I'm, I'm scared of like the seconds before you die mm. when you know that it's the end and she like has like a lot of really morbid thoughts which i, think I 100% I... <laughs> like have had too so i was like man i see myself oh no she's depressed
1: <laughs> i think it switches in every film who is the depressed one yeah
0: that's um yeah.
1: and i think it's interesting that they both have the capacity to be either very optimistic or very pessimistic depending on where they are in their lives yeah um, but it go it kind of goes back and forth who is the because I think he's very cynical in the first yeah, movie, and he, he has really that—he has that very like young Man. white guy. Only reads Hemingway and Dylan Thomas. <laughs> he only reads books by white men. Yeah,
0: <laughs> um, and also like the whenever something kind of like magical happens, like he'll be like, "Well, you know that that's just a fucking scam, right?"
1: <laughs> so throughout the film, we see a amazing cast of characters who only come in for one scene talk to our couple Celine and jesse and then kind of
0: out of the room it's basically at every moment where it's sort of like oh man the romance is just dipping a little bit then someone will come in like there's this bohemian poet sitting on the 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 riverside who's like hey instead of me asking you for money what if i you give me a, a word and i write you a poem and if it's add add something to your life, then how about you pay me? Essentially, he,
1: it's an improv show.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's an improv show. <laughs> uh, give me a word, any word. <laughs> if it adds something to your life, you can pay the door. Yeah, but he and so he they like they're like milkshake, and he writes the most beautiful
1: in s- a very seemingly short amount of time.
0: Yeah, this guy is like the greatest writer of our time, <laughs> uh, and he just like gives them this this poem. And then Jesse immediately, you and know. And Celine he is has, very touched. Yeah, she's, she's touched. She's, she's like, wow, that's beautiful. He
1: hands it to her. She asks him to perform it for them. Yeah. And then she pays him immediately. And she's kind of, she's very overwhelmed, which I thought was, re- I think is very beautiful and yeah. is very indicative of her sort of love for humanity and, like, openness to other people, which I think is the same thing about her and The Fortune Teller, Yeah, uh, which is a similar interaction that we see.
0: Yeah, and um, Jesse, in both those situations, is just like, you know, he probably had that pre-written and just, like, plops in the word wherever it makes sense. And she's like, fuck you, dude. (laughs) (laughs) You suck. Uh, Which is great. I I love that every time he is just, like, a little bit of, like, a dick and, like, trying to, like, smooth over the magic of the night she just is just like you suck stop doing that i have written
1: in my notes she drags him so quickly yeah really. <laughs> like she is making fun of him and giving him shit from the train like yeah. right when they meet um which is great because he needs it
0: yeah and i mean so before they have these like magical encounters they go to a record sh- a record shop and she's like oh i love this record uh maybe i'll find it somewhere else and there's a listening booth in the back of the uh, the record which store. Nick did
1: not believe existed but, no but, but totally uh, it makes did so
0: much sense why there were so many baby booms like shortly after so the many baby stores. booms, yeah like because basically you take somebody who's like I love this beautiful piece of music to me and you shove them in a phone booth so that they can just <laughs> sit still and listen to this beautiful music and kind of in the movie they're both just sort of trying not to look at each other at the same mm. time but they're both keep Staring at each other, and you're like, oh my fucking gosh.
1: And of course, of course, the song is extremely relevant to their situation. Of course, yeah. And it's very romantic. Again,
0: this is another time where I was like, man, if this happened to me once on a date, I'd be like, this is the most fucking, this is the best fucking date ever.
1: It would be very funny if you replayed that scene, but put a different song
0: yeah, on top like, of it. Wah! <laughs> yeah. Just or like, like Lil Wayne or something. Yeah. <laughs> But, Macklemore. <laughs>
1: but they reacted in the exact same way of being like, oh, we can't even look at each other because there's so much tension between us. That would
0: actually be a really funny little like movie, like <laughs> a little short snippet to take out and then just throw whatever song. Any, uh, yeah, it'd be so good. Old
1: MacDonald had a farm.
0: <laughs> or like, yeah, yeah, it'd be great. <laughs> yeah. So they're listening to the thing. It's just so good. And then I also, I wrote down here that the acting is good slash bad. Interesting. Because like the acting here is like, it doesn't feel like good acting. It just feels like how people normally are.
1: But don't you think that that's no, good acting? No, no, <laughs> I
0: don't think so. Because what <laughs> actors have to do is they have to like show subtext, right? Mm. And they have to like really be. Essentially, acting is all about taking um, commonly understood. Gestures, phrases, facial expressions, feelings, and then putting those into place so that you can direct the audience to see, like, what the characters are doing, right? And in this one, there's none of that because they they're just sort of living and experiencing it but they're just like oh god it's it's so hard for me to say without being such a pretentious douche but like
1: they to me i just find it so believable and yeah, so realistic it's, it's, that i i don't think about the yeah, acting at,
0: at, at, at any moment though i wasn't like wow this is fantastic acting i was just like yeah these are just people talking and then that way it doesn't feel really isn't like that a nice? Movie, it feels more like a documentary
1: a very romantic documentary yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> But, like, yeah, it feels like the same way I, when I watch a documentary and people are talking. I don't feel like they're mm. like, oh, wow, what fantastic acting that okay. person did when they told the story of, like, a ghost encounter in their life or whatever. It just feels <laughs> like them talking, and that's the same way. So, I, yeah, it was just... It's really beautiful, and it's something I haven't really experienced before, or at least not in a very long time, about in a movie where I was feeling that, which was really fun. I liked it a lot.
1: I just love how real these movies are. I was saying this to Nick when we were watching them, but it feels like most movies now i mean especially big budget you know we we've watched all of the fast and furious films <laughs> i've watched some of the marvel movies nothing in those movies is real if they're flying in something if even if they're driving they're yeah, not actually they, driving if, the car
0: if they drive to space
1: <laughs> you know if they drive to space in a car it's not real
0: yeah it just doesn't and, feel real
1: and these movies they dr- you know if they're on a train they're actually on a train like yeah. when they're playing pinball you There's can no see no green
0: screen which feels great to watch,
1: <laughs> yeah. There's you know obviously you know I mean? no green. Screen. No, no. <laughs> but
0: I mean, like, even in like normal movies or like you know romance movies or whatever, there they'll... there
1: still might be a green screen. Yeah, they might
0: yeah. put in a skyline or whatever. And yes. in this it's all just they're
1: on the streets. Yeah, it's all complete. When they're on a boat, they're actually on a moving boat. When they're like I said, when they're playing pinball, you can see them controlling the pinball machine. Yeah. Like that feels really, really nice, and it feels like nothing is is faked.
0: It made it also made me feel like wow, I can make this film. Oh. Not in a way of like, wow. I'm Richard a... Linklater. Yeah, I'm Richard Linklater. Like I have any director expertise. But it didn't feel like I needed a studio to, you know, throw a hundred million dollars at me to be able to get even close to this. Mm-hmm. It felt like, wow, I could just grab my camera and I could go out. And if I was really intentional about how I shot everything and like had really great actors and things like and that. A good script. Yeah, that we could make this happen, which was a cool feeling as well. I like, yeah, I, I felt really invested in not only the... The, the film, but also the, the project that this art, it's sort of like an art piece where it's like, mm-hmm. it's a project that now has lasted, you know, 28 years or whatever it is. And it just feels, yeah, it just feels good to to be in it with them mm-hmm. because it feels like you're part of it in a weird way because you are witnessing this.
1: And the promise that clearly the, the actors and the director made to each other to yeah. say, we will come back to this every nine years without fail. Yeah. Um, I don't think there. W- if there would have been a fourth one, it would have happened already. Yeah. So if, I, I, I also, I'm happy with, I'm happy with the three. I, did I think a
0: little, I did a little reading on it, and he, uh, Linklater, was like, "Yeah, if I do another one, I'd want it to be like, eighteen or twenty-seven mm. years later, so it's like them old."
1: Interesting. Which would be really cool. I, I would. I would love to see it. I would love to see where the characters are. Yeah. Um, and I think it's it's. Another beautiful thing about these films is that you don't know when you haven't seen them before. You don't know where. You just know that they're in. The two of them are in all three, but you don't know what their lives are like. You don't know no. what their relationship is to each other.
0: Yeah, I guess we should say right here. We're gonna stop the plot discussion and say like, if you want the full experience of these movies,
1: please watch them. Please watch and watch them close together. Back. yeah in my opinion i think they're the most effective
0: they're only like an hour and a half long each like 80 minutes in some cases and i never felt like it was a slog and we watched them all very close together Mm -hmm. um so yeah i would i would definitely do that before finishing it out if you want like the full artistic experience of these movies yes
1: if you haven't seen them please watch them
0: yeah I have a question. Because we're going to ruin them. <laughs> yeah, because we're going to fucking we're gonna- <laughs> take all the magic out. Um, I have a question for you about Jesse, though. Yes. Um, I know that it's, like, such a romantic situation and everything. Mm-hmm. But he has some lines in here where I'd be like, you're uh, an idiot.
1: <laughs> Especially in the third one.
0: Yeah, but we'll, uh, let's still talk about the first one. Yes. There's one where the sun is setting. He goes, hey, you got sunsets here. And it's like, okay. <laughs> I don't they remember They sunsets part. everywhere, Jesse. <laughs> Well, I think we know
1: from the jump that she is smarter than him. Yes. She is better than him. <laughs> and these are feminist movies like they're they're positing that like, you know, she's going to come down to his level. <laughs> you know, she's the cool French chick and he's the dumb American. Yeah. Um and yeah, he's kind of a doof.
0: Yeah. They also like...
1: But he's worthy of her.
0: Yeah. And also it does require like a little bit of suspension of disabl- disbelief. As we were talking after the first one. They were on a train for probably at least an hour, let's say. Mm-hmm. They get off and then they just walk around for about eight hours. They would be so smelly. <laughs> they Their breath would be so horrible. They would be so disgusting. Think about how many times you'd probably have to go to the bathroom in that time and with where, this person. where are
1: they going to the bathroom? I know. And they, and they make crazy. love after all of that.
0: I know. Spoiler alert. They totally fucking bang. And two
1: times. Two times. We time, well, learn later. Yes.
0: Yes, we learn later that it was twice. And it was just like, man, you would be pretty smelly.
1: Yes. <laughs> but, but they are a little drunk on wine, so That is
0: true. And also like They would
1: be stinky. He looks like a greasy monk, little monkey ball. But
0: <laughs> monkey ball. So you agree that he's a greasy rat man. Yeah. Okay, great. I, love I
1: never said that he wasn't. <laughs> I just said that you said he was. Yeah,
0: and that's true. I, I speak the truth. Yeah, he has case. a rat face, and
1: I don't think Ethan Hawke is attractive. Do you think? What I just think it's he, really romantic. The yeah, situation. Has he,
0: been, has he been in a lot of other things? Like Ethan Hawke's, like a Hamlet
1: two thousand <laughs> playing Hamlet.
0: Well, that I mean, greatest role ever. But what else? What else has he like been in? That's like a real big movie. Has he been? That's in such anything?
1: a good question. I don't know. Um. I, I feel like we should know movie. as the movie podcast people. Yeah, I'm
0: gonna, listen, you vamp about Ethan Hawke while I look this up.
1: I know he was married to Uma Thurman, and their daughter is on Stranger Things. Okay. And she's really good. And uh, I don't know. I think Uma Thurman's more important than him. <laughs> They're divorced now, though.
0: Oh, no. I believe. That's so sad. Right? Yeah. He's also written three novels, apparently.
1: <gasps> Just
0: like you. Jesse! Jesse! Okay. Cool. I thought we were yeah. gonna say the
1: same thing, but we didn't. No, we
0: didn't. We uh, we're not there yet.
1: <laughs> he was in Dead Poet Society. Okay. That I think was his kind of his big break.
0: Okay. Okay. Here, this is what he's been in: Quiz Show, nineteen ninety
1: four. Oh yes, that classic movie. Everyone knows that Quiz Gattaca? Show.
0: I've heard of that before, but I don't know. Joe the King, Hamlet two thousand, Training Day, The Jimmy Show. I don't know any of these fucking movies. Oh, my god! I mean, do we think
1: he's more... I mean, he's very famous, but it seems like he's been in a but lot like, of why? small movies.
0: Why are you famous?
1: <laughs> Is he famous because of these movies?
0: Before the devil knows you're dead. I feel like the devil would always know when you're dead because that's like when you meet the devil, right?
1: That's a thinker. I'm going to have to think on that. <laughs> <ones. laughs> I,
0: guess, I guess if you're also like at, a, at the railroad tracks, maybe you got like hit by a train. He's like, you want to make... Oh, no. And then that brief moment, you knew the devil before... <laughs>
1: these movies are about life and death but they don't
0: tend to talk about the devil in these films these are the i mean honestly these are the questions the the conversations they were having for those eight hours yes you know they said remember before the
1: devil knows you're dead
0: (laughs) oh he was in total recall in 2012 oh and the purge he's also in the purge oh relevant the same year as before midnight that's really sad (laughs) and he's in boyhood okay all these yeah he's not famous for anything this is stupid <laughs> um yeah so
1: yeah Ethan Hawk. how did he become famous as a, as a rat face boy
0: yeah I guess he didn't and there you go <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean everyone knows who he is
0: yeah yeah
1: <laughs> but should they
0: yeah this is this is a question for you audience should we know Ethan Hawke
1: <laughs> is he worth it is
0: he worth it is, it, is, is he it, just a rat face little boy
1: is it worth it to bet on Ethan Hawke
0: should what are we betting our lives. <laughs> the, no, I'm not betting on even odds. <laughs> okay, so the other thing is that, like, if you have a conversation with someone you've just met, and it can last in a comfortable way for more than, like, an hour... That's your soulmate. Yeah, you're just like, okay, now we have to see each other all the time because we can do this. But imagine you just meet somebody...
1: And you can just talk and talk and, and talk. And talk and talk and talk and talk. About... Deep important subjects. Yeah, it's they never talk about TV shows. Yeah, they don't really talk about Cult- media, books, culture. They talk about
0: like history and culture, like but like high art culture. Yes,
1: yes. He refers to her as a Botticelli angel.
0: Yeah, and um, she's like, here's all these graves of the the missing people. That yeah, Nick thought
1: that part was funny.
0: Well, no, there's a part where hmm. there's a part where Ethan Hawke is like, so they just. Kept washing ashore, and she's like, "Yeah." And I just thought, like, and he
1: thought it was funny that dead bodies were washing I, up on I the shore thought, with no names. I just
0: thought it was like, why, why are these bodies continuously washing ashore? Don't you think the town would be like, "What is happening here?" I, think that, <laughs> I don't I think, think that's, that's, that's the of point of, of the story. Yeah. Well, in my mind, you know, that was the story.
1: <laughs> that just bodies and bodies and bodies and bodies.
0: <laughs> yeah. Let the bodies hit the floor. Let I the bodies hit the floor. Okay. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Yeah, so they if you have a conversation like that, it's like, okay, we have to
1: keep this going.
0: Yeah. In some way. It is
1: I mean it's it's a it's a magical little story. Yeah. It's a magical realistic story. (gasps) And magical realism is my favorite genre. (gasps) Okay,
0: yeah. And then (laughs) so they miss the play.
1: They don't see the play. They go to a carnival.
0: Yeah. They're on a they're on a Ferris wheel and that is
1: when they the have kids. their
0: first kiss. Yeah. And there's a moment where she's like, or one of them says, like, hold me right now because I feel like I'm dissolving into like molecules or whatever. And it's like a pretty beautiful moment of like. I
1: think, isn't that in the second movie?
0: It might be, but like. I.
1: Yeah, remember because he says that he hasn't been touched in so long. Yeah. He feels like if someone were to touch him, he would dissolve, dissolve into, into molecules. molecules.
0: God, there is a lot of good lines. There's in these a lot movies. of great They're moments. Very good. And also. Um, I will say, though, that there's sort of moments where all of those special magical characters feel like NPCs in a video game where they come up and they're like, we have a quest for you. Maybe you should
1: explain that because not yeah. everyone knows what NPC means. Yeah,
0: so like a quest giver in a video game is just like an NPC that has dialogue that you can a non-player character yeah, is what exactly. it stands for. All translate. like <laughs> And and a lot of the characters in this movie, like the poet on the uh, the river, the and fortune teller, the fortune teller, some other ones, the bartender, the bartender, who they're gives all them the like, bottle of wine. They all eventually like say yes and add something to their little night in a really selfless nice way they move
1: the plot forward they come in kind of mystically and then we never see that person again yeah
0: and they feel and in in that way it feels kind of ethereal and like mm-hmm. well, as though they are these npcs so. and
1: i think as the films progress as we see the second one and the third one we see that less and less yeah but that's because their relationship becomes more grounded and more real.
0: Yeah, which is kind of sad. It's kind way. of. It, well, sad. It's, I mean,
1: they're also getting older, but it's also, yeah. it also is is kind of beautiful in a way because you also see their familiarity with each other more yeah. and more.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's like I, I was telling you while we were watching that the thing that I like most about these movies is that it feels like whoever was the main writer of them mm-hmm. or anything, like they really nailed what the heart yearns for during those ages. Mm -hmm. So they're in their
1: twenties and then they're in their thirties and then they're in their forties.
0: Yeah. And in the twenties, it's like they're thinking about their place in the world and they're thinking about these huge sort of existential questions and they're thinking about like true love and like they're thinking about things in a really broad artful way Mm -hmm. that you you're like, and I remember being that age and just being like, I just want, like I hope I never lose this. And that actually becomes a theme later on because like in the th- the second one when they're in their 30s, it's a little bit more real and it's about like like s- the idea of like settling for less than that. Mm-hmm. And in the last one, it's all about like w- like we are so people of the world that we have like what is the the meaning in our lives right now? Have mm-hmm. we lost ourselves to the demands of day-to-day the everyday yeah and i think that it's drudgery like, and i can't speak to the the final one yet but like the second one too like i've been so in that mindset um and it just feels like the first two nail it so specifically mm-hmm. that i was like wow this is like crazy that they were able to so specifically target that mm-hmm. that that like soul of being in those ages, and mm-hmm. just like that is what is shown. And I think that's the the biggest triumph of these movies, mm-hmm. um, other than being romantic as fuck. so
1: romantic, so
0: romantic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I actually even wrote down at one point that this is the most romantic day, uh, even possible. <laughs> like it's just mm-hmm. like if you even though they're smelly
1: and they have no money yeah if, but that's more romantic mm-hmm. they have no money
0: so like when they go to the bar near the end to to get some A wine bottle of wine and she's like stealing glasses so that they can <laughs> drink it like she's like pocketing the the glasses and he goes up and he's like man i don't have any money to the bartender he's like but you see that woman over there i will never see her again mm-hmm. and i want this is like the best day ever mm-hmm. and i and i really want to be able to drink under the stars with her. And he's like, okay, you've promised to wire me payment, then en- enjoy the best night of your life. And mm-hmm. it's just like, it, again, if any one of these things happened, you'd be like, that was an incredible romantic mm. moment of my life that I'll remember forever. The fact that they all happened <laughs> within the stretch one of day. eight hours, I mean, it was, it'd be like, yeah, I guess I'm not going back to the United States. Like, we just have to be together forever, I guess. Mm.
1: So how does it end, Nick?
0: It ends with uh, them kind of walking around dancing after having sex in the park. After drinking the bottle of wine. Anyway, and they... We
1: don't see them making love. No, but that'd be crass. it's very obvious that they do.
0: Yeah. In, in fact, there's a moment where she's like, no, let's not. We, we can't fuck because this would... I don't want to reduce it. Down to just a man trying to get in my pants. Yes, but then they, they have such crazy animalistic Chemistry. magnetism. They do anyway. They do, yeah. And so they're walking to the train, the train station. station, and you can see just like the fear in their mm, eyes.
1: And now it's morning, and yeah. now it's more real, and the, the 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 glimmer of the night before. Yeah, has the magic worn has off.
0: faded a little bit, and they're just like I I like we I know that we said that we were just gonna have this one day and never see each other again we had planned it that way but i i can't stand the thought of never seeing you again mm. uh in six months let let's come back here meet at this train station right here and and we'll be and we'll see each other again. And she's like, "Yes." And then they like kiss and they have like a great moment. And mm. then they don't exchange numbers or anything because they don't want like the the feeling that they're mm. having in that moment to slowly fade away. And it's
1: 1994, of, so yeah. we do not know how to find each other. Yeah, we don't have internet. We don't have anything. Yeah. If they don't exchange numbers, there's they, no way
0: they have to rely on this one promise to come back. This one day, months. December
1: sixteenth.
0: In Vienna, and then the and that's movie, the end of the movie. <laughs> that is the end of the movie, but it does do this really nice thing that you pointed out to me that I didn't really realize. They actually go over all of the spots that mm-hmm. they went to in the daytime, yeah, and they, and they
1: show them in the daytime empty,
0: empty, but also just like all of these super magical moments happened in mm-hmm. all these places, but then they look so normal, normal, mundane, yeah, and it and it feels yeah, it feels weird. It's like sort of bittersweet it really drives home the feeling at the end of like this crazy romantic thing has happened and then it's fading away and again very smart of the filmmaker to be like and the trans like the transitory nature of this moment makes it even more romantic
1: (laughs) and i think it also hits home the fact that it doesn't matter where you are it matters who you're with Mm. because you can be in the most
0: helps being in Vienna
1: (laughs) it does help being in Vienna but imagine just doing all those things by yourself yeah imagine being on a boat playing pinball in Vienna by yourself Yeah. or even if you were with somebody that you weren't particularly
0: into into
1: or you didn't like very much yeah like the German couple I bet the German couple didn't have a good time if they if they got off in Vienna I bet they. I bet the uh, the the Austrian gays didn't offer them to come to their play yeah because they had bad energy
0: (laughs) yeah they really did But and also another thing that I just want to talk about in the first two movies is that there are no cell phones and it really.
1: Well, there's a little bit of uh, it. Celine has a cell phone in the second one, but she doesn't. It's a, you know, it's a rudimentary one.
0: Yeah. But one of the things that really like kind of hit me as somebody who grew up without a cell phone but doesn't really remember that time now like life was so different mm. like they went eight hours without ever being distracted by anything mm-hmm. and they were just their attention was totally on, on each, each other. other and the moment they were in and it, what a crazy beautiful thing <laughs> it made me be like miss i'm it. gonna throw this phone in the garbage can yeah it's... i
1: would love it if you did
0: <laughs> we all have our addictions mine's my phone but um, yeah just really wonderful so why don't we Why don't we just transition to the next movie? Yeah, transition into the next uh, movie. First one's before sunrise. Second one's before sunset. That's right. So, before sunset, we start and we find out what year is it, Nick? It's 2004. Three.
1: Three, and then it came out in 2004.
0: And we find out that Jesse who is now a writer... We're in Paris. ...has transformed into even more of a rat man. Less (laughs) greasy, but he is definitely still a rat man. He's a
1: published rat man.
0: Yeah, he's a published rat man. He's wrote a book about that night called, like... That Time. That Time, which is a terrible...
1: Or is it This Time? He he writes two books.
0: This Time and That Time. This Time
1: and That Time. Don't ask us to tell you which one is first and which one is second. We do not know.
0: Yeah, and it's terrible titles, and they... and they very generic he basically goes through um the a little bit of the plot of the book and he's at a signing and then one of the at
1: shakespeare and company a very yeah. famous bookstore in paris that i have been to
0: and one of the one of the reporters there's like did it actually happen and what happened to her and he's like well i can't say i don't want to say or whatever and then being all coy, yeah. Celine like comes around the corner and sort of waves at him, and you see him like kind of freak out a little bit. And he's like finishes the interviews, and he's like, "Oh my god, it's so good to see you! Uh, I haven't seen you for so long. What's going on?" And so you realize, oh, they they haven't seen each, each other
1: since the first movie, and which means that
0: they didn't they didn't meet up meet up. And that that actually gets discussed really fast. Um, and that is like essentially what happened was that her grandmother had passed away like the day before she was supposed to be in vienna Mm -hmm. and so she had to go to the funeral
1: on that day and she's
0: like but you didn't go right and he's like no no i didn't go and then she's like wait but but then how did you know that i I wasn't there oh no you went he was there he did go yeah it was just a stupid little thing and you are immediately like oh no and you see that he is married. He has a ring on.
1: He's he. Ha- you notice. Well, Nick noticed. Yeah. That he has a ring on for a long time in the movie before that fact is acknowledged and before that they before they talk about the fact that he's married. Yeah. Or their relationship statuses.
0: Yeah, and they they just have this like. Like basically, there's a time limit of he has to get on a plane to go back to the U.S. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, "Can you show me around Paris
1: before, before sunset?"
0: Before I gotta get on my plane, yeah.
1: Which is at sunset.
0: Which is the name of the movie. <laughs> uh, and so they do that, and they start walking around. And
1: they- I wrote it. I like how this the movie goes almost immediately. Back to the original format.
0: Yeah, immediately, it's like you so- see
1: the beginning is very different yes. from the yes, the original movie with the with the book signing and there's all these people and but suddenly boom we're back to Jesse and Celine yeah. talking and
0: walking. Well, it's actually interesting that like the first movie, second movie, and third movie, the first five to ten to twenty minutes, I think, kind of in progression, mm-hmm. it starts with them around other people. Yes, and then but I think that it's also sort of like. You could say that's sort of symbolic in how much their lives are affected by other people. Mm-hmm. And slowly... It gets more the, and more. It gets more and more. So yeah. that the time that we have with just them becomes less and less as the mm-hmm. series goes on. But,
1: Which is indicative of their relationship with each other and the amount of time that, the that the they world, actually yeah. get to spend with each other.
0: Yeah. And so they start walking around and... One thing that you see that I love that the movie does is that they actually switched sort of like cynical optimist sort of perspectives, Mm -hmm. where Jesse's like, "Yeah, you know what? I think that the world on on the whole is getting better." And Celine, who's like an environmental uh, lawyer and activist, is like, "Are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) Like, uh, like everything is burning." She lists
1: everything that's that's going wrong, and it's funny because it it feels like that now. Yeah. Um and it's interesting to see oh it also felt like that in 2004 yeah
0: Yeah, and it just is. Um, and actually, in the third one, one of the side characters is like, "It oh, every generation feels like the world is ending mm. around them." Um, and so I. I and it's
1: it, never ended yet, but we'll see.
0: Yeah, we'll see. It kind of feels more real this time. Um, but yeah, so the, and then they, like you said, immediately kind of jump back into where they left off. They talk about
1: sex almost yeah, immediately.
0: Yeah, they're like way more comfortable with it. Like mm-hmm. in the, in the first one, they were always talking about these kind of lofty. Mm-hmm. Things and this time they start with talking about jobs. Yes. they talk about
1: they catch up a little bit.
0: Yeah, like what's happening in their life, sex, all that kind of stuff. Um, but still they sort of drift from that into like the greater like perspectives behind or like the the driving force of why people have these conversations. Like, what is it? What greater point of humanity are they trying to reach in? And like, I immediately I immediately was like, man. If I could just have, try to have like one of these types of conversations a week, I feel like I would be a lot more like interesting and interested in the world because I'd be constantly looking for other stuff in it. And I I, I don't know. It just it feels good to, that they still were thinking that way. It sort of reveals them for who they are, you know.
1: I think part of the reason I love these movies is because I love conversation and I love Deep, long, meaningful conversations. Yeah, without cell phones.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think that um, the true, the true magic of the movie and the romance of these movies is the amount of attention that is just directed on each other. And maybe that's we'll talk about it later. But like, I didn't think that the third movie was as romantic. Well, and I'm not at that age yet. And I do think that you have to watch each of these at the age that they are to really probably appreciate mm-hmm. it. So I'm very excited to revisit before midnight when I'm around that age. But like, <laughs> I don't know. It just,
1: well, life has, has really gotten in the way in, yeah. in a lot of ways. And I was, I was saying this to Nick again during the movie is, uh, I go to a summer camp every year, and it's a very idyllic situation, and we don't really have to deal with real life. We don't have to cook our own meals. We don't have to do laundry. We don't have to you know, deal with the everyday dreck of life and so we we kind of would always joke when we were younger that like maybe these friendships that we formed seeing each other one week a year for our whole lives maybe they wouldn't survive real life like what if we had to worry about traffic and um,
0: the logistics of meeting up. Exactly.
1: And, and yeah, and, and you know, maybe people not communicating as much or making, working about who's going to make plans and the friendship yeah. because at camp, we're, we're together all the time. We don't yeah. have to worry about he
0: it. He has money to do what and everything. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Which is actually in this movie, like he pays for a lot of the things now. Yes. Like, he starts. He's able to. He has money. And so he just like, and it, yeah, it's just these like little changes that I feel like are really rewarding to watch back to back where they, they really do I wonder if the, the actors in Linklater like watch the previous one before they wrote the next one. And they're mm, like,
1: I don't know. Because it probably. Just, yeah, it
0: just feels it like. It feels
1: like it picks up right where the yeah, last one and it, is.
0: And it really feels like they take the themes and they explore them and they just kind of twist them around in mm-hmm. different ways in each one in a really satisfying way. I really, really liked that. Yeah.
1: She points out his deep forehead wrinkle.
0: <laughs> Though they neither of them talk about their horrifying teeth they have <laughs>
1: you mean his horrifying you think they both have horrifying I think
0: teeth they both have horrifying teeth
1: i disagree I only just, he, he has horrified- everything like- about julie delpy is perfect
0: i won't i won't deny that but her teeth are perfect they're perfect in sort of a, a monstrous <laughs> way
1: <laughs> Nick,
0: uh, you can't say that about a woman no but i also think that ethan hawke was worse <laughs> yeah obviously yeah he's worse in every way but I just, it's just again it's one of those things that like sort of like kicked me out of the sort of movie cinema mindset and into it's like realistic. real life yeah it's real life it's like yeah it's a re- hey, it's a real movie th- those those people's teeth they kind of look like mine and that i have to go to the dentist every three months because i had a deep cleaning and they found something wrong and they just have to keep getting there with little knives and little scrapers <laughs> little and...
1: <knives. laughs> yeah they... they're not putting <laughs> knives in your <the laughs> mouth. Well, don't lie not. on our dentist you don't,
0: you don't you don't know what lauren is doing to me
1: <laughs> that's a real name <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway um yeah I what if
1: she's listening Nick?
0: Lorna uh please stop talking about how I need to eat more celery and less sweets it's kind of she's gonna weird. give
1: someone an eating disorder yeah that. for real like
0: come on Lorna it's not a dentist's job It's like uh you know
1: that's no one's job <laughs> no one needs to tell anyone to eat celery exactly it's uh it's celery's a, gross it's
0: a horrifying aromatic you know it is yeah Um, But yeah, so the the movie continues on. They go on a a beautiful boat ride that's like a tourist trap, but he kind of convinces her to go. And um, he,
1: he he's kind of constantly she's saying uh, throughout the film, uh, you, you have to get you, you have to your get you have to catch your plane. You have to get your plane. And he's like, I, die, I got plenty of time. I'm going be sitting at the airport for an hour. I got it. It's fine. It's fine. He doesn't want to get on that plane. And, and
0: you realize that and like she they're both in a relationship now. He's, and he
1: has a son. He has
0: a son named Which Hank. is
1: hard. And he, his son is four.
0: Yeah. And but the thing is, is that he is very open with like, I don't like my wife. <laughs> Yes, He's like, she got pregnant. I felt responsible. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be like the men that I admire and take responsibility for this action. And so I married her. And now I haven't been touched in like 10 years. Yeah, he says
1: we, I, I, we've had sex like 10 times over four years. Yeah,
0: and that's this is when the molecule sort of like dispersing into molecules if he's been, is touched. Um, and when he, in.
1: he describes his wife, he doesn't really say... He, he says she's a great mom and a great yeah. elementary school teacher. Yeah, yeah. And if, if my sp- spouse or my partner, if those were the first things, nice things that they had to say about
0: me. Yeah, if you were like, hey, this is Nick. He's a really good office space coordinator. <laughs> I would be like, fuck you, dude. <laughs>
1: what do you like about him? I love the way he uh, paints walls and puts <laughs> together furniture. Yeah, it's like, this is so
0: awful. It's like the... In, Again, it's like sort of the Office of the Romance that they had had together where they were talking about these greater thoughts and ideas and the stuff that makes up a person's like soul it feels like and then the way that they kind of describe their Mm -hmm. current partners are that like oh they're very they're very attractive and they like celine is like he's a, a war photojournalist yeah but also has like a really kind of interesting thing she says which is does not super go towards the greater part of the movie but i thought was really really fascinating and had me think about photojournalist in a different way after Hmm. that where she was like yeah she he saw like a homeless man and he wanted to take a picture and he was like going up to this homeless person who obviously needed help and instead was like adjusting his collar so that he could take a better photograph and i thought that that was like such an interesting
1: i have no memory of that
0: yeah it really stood out to me i don't know i don't remember
1: that part of the movie at all but
0: (laughs) but i thought that it was also like similarly to how he described uh his wife she basically just said like yeah he's really good at his job but also he lacks like a fundamental humanity mm. that i need in my life
1: i mean they're obviously wanting to be with each other yeah. and i think that that even before either of them discusses their relationship status yeah they know yeah i mean we learn later is it in the, the third one that mm-hmm. he writes that book so that he can find her.
0: Yeah, I think it's actually in this one. She that He's basically like, you know, I think I wrote this book because I thought that there might have been a chance that I could have found you. Like, that maybe I would run into you in a Paris bookshop or whatever. And
1: she goes to the bookstore because she sees that he wrote that yeah, book. Yeah,
0: and, and she's like, reads the book. And then, at first, she... <laughs> it's so she
1: has mixed feelings about the yeah. way she's portrayed in the book. Yeah, which but, I get.
0: Yeah, but also, like, there's this really interesting thing where she like reads it and at first she's like yeah no i loved it it was really great congratulations but by the end she's like like it fucking just de- like made me depressed man because like now it brought up all these feelings of like mm. who i used to be and like mm-hmm. what i was looking for and i've just totally caved on all of it and it's like such a a feeling of leaving your early adulthood and into the middle of your life where you're just sort of like
1: well they're in their 30s so that's not the middle of their life
0: <laughs> <laughs> well we don't know what happens to <laughs> that maybe it's exactly middle we never know <gasps> ah! yeah i think that it, there's this this moment of like the realism that creeps in by the like the, the world forces on you and our society forces on you they still have that awareness to try to actively fight against it but it's slowly washing over them in a way that they're not super aware of mm. and i think that that is so again it's like the perfect snapshot of a of a feeling of an age mm-hmm. and oh it's so good I yeah lo- these I movies really are
1: incredible that.
0: um and
1: i just saw your note that said alice is crying oh yeah
0: alice did start sobbing multiple times for these movies <laughs> mostly um, at the
1: end of the last one
0: yeah and so they start walking back to they go to a house.
1: cafe, yeah, they they go to, you know, they they walk around Paris, uh, they go on a boat and then eventually they hop in the, the driver. Yeah. Um. So they're driven.
0: And, um, she, and he's like, I'll, yeah, Jesse's we'll, driver. will drive you home Um. before they drive into the airport. And then she's just like, fucking let me out right now. I don't want to be in this car with you anymore because it's he's like a constant reminder of what she she wants out Mm -hmm. of life i think is my interpretation but um and then he kind of like soothes her and then they go and he's like i'm gonna walk her to her door uh and we meet che the cat star of the film
1: che diaz the cat
0: (laughs) yeah who is this wonderful little kitty that loves being held and scratched um they walk up like six flights of stairs while mm-hmm. just sort of like looking at each other and like almost touching each other and it's like very hot very uh, it's yeah. very sexy yeah oh, says Che the cat yeah Che's watching
1: and <laughs> Che's into it yeah
0: Che is always watching <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's terrifying <laughs> and uh, then they kind of like go up and he's like hey before I leave can you play me one of your songs because you said that you're like a guitarist and she's like yeah you can I have one she says I only
1: have three songs in English I have one about my cat
0: one about my ex-boyfriend and, and a, a waltz, waltz. And which
1: is really burying the lead yeah. Celine and
0: and he's like okay why don't you play me the waltz and she's like "Uh," okay. she's like I
1: haven't played it in a while it's not gonna be good
0: <laughs> it's gonna be good yeah because it's about fucking <laughs> (laughs) Jessie and And they're wonderful and she's really good at playing the guitar and singing to me is that like when you look out into the world it's so hard to even find somebody who like doesn't want to explain NFTs to you (laughs) but both of these people have made artistic works based on their first meeting with each other like fuck you guys! This is so again, wonderful. Again, fuck Nick, this
1: is the movie acknowledging how rare and beautiful and amazing what happens in the first movie is. Yeah, and it's it's the world of the films taking that really really seriously. Yeah. And I mean, of course, they're extraordinary people, right? They're both extremely smart. They both love poetry and music and art. And like, they're both, you know, very knowledgeable about all of and those things. He like, recites poetry to her in the first one. Yeah, and like, both, how many do, young 20-year-old dudes do you know who can just recite poetry to you? Yeah, like, and, they're,
0: and they're both like super accepting of each other. Like, she accepts that he's a rat man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um. <laughs> That lives in a sewer and he
1: accepts that she's much smarter and better than him that
0: she, that she is uh, one of the angelic hosts that serve <laughs> our lord and savior or whatever anyway yeah or they whatever. they keep, uh, they keep so she, like she a plays, long shot of them yep. just sitting and she just, plays
1: the whole song for him and it's gorgeous fucking
0: beautiful and he's like okay just one more and she's like no you said one you should go get your fucking plane or whatever and he's like um, just after some tea But she's brewing tea And she's like Do you like chamomile? And then
1: He puts on Nina Simone She puts on Nina Simone He puts on Nina Simone Oh he does yeah. Oh yeah And then she's, it's, I mean it's her CD But he puts it on
0: And then she's like Kind of like dancing to it And kind of being like Have you ever seen her in concert? She's like Ooh eh. And she like Kind of has this like Funny little like weird dance thing she's she, has
1: seen, she has seen Nina, She did see Nina Simone in concert Before yeah. she died
0: And then she just kind of Looks at him and goes You are gonna miss your plane And he kind of <laughs> whispers Yeah I am and that's the end of and the that's movie. that's the end of the movie. It's so great. My favorite of the three. Oh, so beautiful.
1: That's some infidelity that we can feel good
0: about. <laughs> yeah. In our, too often in our culture, our cheating <laughs> narratives looked on with disdain. Honestly, they're the most romantic. <laughs> no, I, the, thing that I, the thing that I think the movie does smartly about that part of it is that he's just really honest like, I just don't love her.
1: Yeah. I think he, yeah, he sets it up very well that like, and I think we also, we learn more in the third movie that she's not, not not the good. She's not a good person. (laughs) She's not
0: the good person. Um,
1: and it it is really sad that like, clearly these two characters are meant to be together, but he has in the intervening time has, you know, married somebody and had a child. Yeah. Um, which was clearly not right, but I mean, he loves, loves, loves his son. Yeah. Um, and so that, that part of it is pretty beautiful.
0: Yeah, and I mean... Okay, so now we're in... Uh, Before but, Midnight. Before Midnight, the final 2013. Film. Yeah, and... Oh God, it's there's so much to talk about. I, I will say, this one's my least favorite of the three, mm-hmm. and I think it's because I don't understand it's, it yet.
1: It's the least romantic.
0: It's the least romantic. It's the most grounded in reality. Mm-hmm. It's like such a good film. It is still very good, mm-hmm. but it just feels sad yeah it just feels sort of melancholy a little bit and also the thing about these films is that you're like i just want to watch these two together forever and then the final film so like it starts with so they're in greece they're in greece and he's dropping his son off at the airport after a summer and you find out that essentially the mom has custody of the hank, of hank uh, who, who is, is now, now a teenager yeah 13
1: yeah and 13 so or 14
0: in the summer he is sent to live with his dad and there is sort of a a weird thing where you can feel the like kind of desperate attempt by jesse to Mm -hmm. try to connect with his son as much as possible and Mm. be like and be present uh, be present be like a teacher in his life um and also, like this deep well of guilt so that he's not there with him, and Every his day. mom has him essentially. I mean,
1: they're they're sort of stuck in an impossible situation yeah. with with Henry, with Hank, the the, the son. It's it's actually a, a big point of contention between Jesse and Celine, who, who you, are now married. No, they're not married. Oh, you're right, they're not married, but they're together.
0: They're together. They have been. They have two twin girls together. They have twin
1: girls, Nina and Ella, <laughs> who I great. think is Nina named after Nina Simone, and probably Ella fitzgerald that was that would be my guess um and they're very cute and they're bilingual yes um
0: i wish i was bilingual you can do it nick i can't do it i've tried (laughs) i've i spent literally like seven years of my scholastic career trying to learn spanish and i got to the point where i could sort of like slowly piece things together you want to give me a
1: little bit right now
0: no okay (laughs) I think that that would just be a quick road to just being canceled. (laughs) Uh, I mean, in the worst case, probably yeah. Um, But like, I just what's the best case scenario? Best case, it would just flow out of me. (laughs) Suddenly, you would just as though (laughs) as though I was sitting in the Antonio Banderas, (laughs) and it would just it would come, and I'd be like, oh my god, if I just have a little bit of encouragement, I can do it.
1: If I just put my phone down for forty-five minutes. (laughs) I could speak fluent Spanish.
0: <laughs> Duolingo has taught me so well.
1: Duolipa has taught me so much. Duolipa? <laughs> what has she taught you? Um She's taught me <laughs> that you can be a pop star if you really try at it.
0: You know what she's taught me is that pop stars are manufactured. <laughs> I hate all of the industry. Do not <laughs> say Dua Lipa. Do not say you hate her. I don't hate her. I just hate that the fact that would that be a ha- write... That would be a hate crime if you said that. She doesn't write any of her music. She doesn't like choreograph any of the dances okay. and i know that this is like everything but we saw a behind the scenes sort of song exploder thing on netflix and it was like she basically just comes in learns the song and then becomes very famous that's, but she's very that's what beautiful. being a pop
1: star is Nick. i know but it's just
0: frustrating but guess
1: what she still has a lot of talent yeah and she's still worth it so before
0: sunset <laughs> Mid- midnight <laughs> midnight before midnight um
1: so jesse and Selena are together and have been for at least 100 years. 7 or 8 years at this point cuz yes. their their children are 7. Yeah. And uh she's kind of at a transitioning point in her career. They live in Paris. Yeah. Though they, they
0: are in they're in They're this, in Greece. They're in Greece for the summer on like a writers retreat for Jesse, who has now released two more books since the last uh the mm-hmm. last movie and um
1: Selina's at a bit of a transitioning point in her career. She's thinking about she's been offered potentially a dream job um but jesse is sort of more hesitant about that job yeah because i think her boss would be a guy who's kind of a dick
0: we hate dick bosses <laughs> boss dicks
1: <laughs> <laughs> um sorry i'm imagining a penis with a little like a little like Cumberbund, top hat what bosses don't wear top hats and cumberbunds? all my bosses
0: wear full tuxes okay
1: <laughs> putting on the ritz
0: yeah they have little canes with yeah they have like
1: little tap tap shoes with a
0: big emerald like stone at the top that they kind of hold in the uh-huh. cane yeah. yeah and it's like also a cane sword <laughs> can we make this movie <laughs> yes yeah and so they um and they're in this car and you kind of see them being very supportive of each other, but they are also not talking about anything except work and yes, the girls. They're not having a deep conversation.
1: Hank. The girl the, the twin girls are asleep in the back seat. Yeah. Um and they're driving back to the um, you know, villa where they're staying. Yeah. It does it's very beautiful.
0: It is. Very idyllic. And um then that you see sort of them at this the writer's retreat and they I think is it's very interesting is that the uh, the the director has split them up so you see like Celine talking with all the women and kind of mm-hmm. like doing that like other things and, and you then see, you see Jesse
1: talking with the men
0: yeah and then you also see he's these, talking
1: about a book he wants to write yeah which doesn't sound good it does not
0: sound good sounds oh. sounds bad every time. Ethan Hawke talks about the book that he's gonna write. I'm like, that is a horrible idea for a book. That doesn't even have a story in it. It's just like
1: yeah, it's just like a bunch of random characters. He's like, I want to tell the story of all of these characters, and they all have something weird with their brains, but and they're all experiencing the same day, but in different ways. And I'm like, okay, you want me to read about the same day six different times?
0: Which I guess is like the seven and a half deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle.
1: Yeah, but that's way cooler.
0: anyway so that's way better though yeah it is a very good book
1: his his book didn't have a lick of a mystery
0: (laughs) yeah they were going to go see a marlon brando movie okay richard linklater like come on (laughs) on the waterfront
1: yeah let's go Mm. through
0: on the waterfronts 2013 you know what's a better movie than that before sunrise yeah let's go see that movie (laughs) um and they have this big dinner where they kind of have this like little fight like public fights, but they're also doing it in a way that's sort of entertaining. This is a thing that I And we believe. see we see
1: a lot of generations at that dinner table, yeah. which I think is, is very of these films, um, to show characters at different ages. So we have um, the guy who's a author who runs the writer's retreat who's probably in his 70s yeah. and then we have Celine and jesse in their 40s and we have two young lovers in their 20s
0: yeah and they have a conversation about like what love and sex is going to be going into the new generation and they're, like the young c- couple is talking about how like they skype to sleep every night <laughs> and
1: the other the greek guy asks if they're having skype sex which is, which is horrifying really though.
0: crossing a line yeah but also like it was interesting when the two young couple, they're like, do you guys think you're going to break up? And both of them are like, yeah, eventually. Mm. And it was like, interesting. Uh, it's, it's a, it is its is definitely a change from, and its I think it's interesting that this, it was added in here because they, the first movie sort of posits that, no, that there is like a greater love that kind of mm-hmm. goes through everything. And the second movie kind of reinforces that. And that these like two characters are together. meant to be. And then the third one, you sort of—they're really struggling. Yeah, they're they're struggling because as they, we see them then like start walking to this hotel that was paid for them that Celine doesn't really want to go to, and they're just she has to—they
1: have to leave the girls behind. They're leaving the next day. Celine is really, she's the caretaker of the family, and it seems like she is doing way more than Jesse in that department. It does not seem there's a lot of invisible labor that she is doing that he is not helping out in, you know, when they're, when they're packing for a trip, Celine packs for everybody and Jesse just packs for himself um i and guess that's
0: also kind of shown in the beginning that in the social interactions that the men versus the women are doing the women are actually making the cooking. food that they're going to eat later mm-hmm. and the men are just kind of like hanging out on this like by beautiful, the water. idyllic mm-hmm. little area patio place yeah and then it's they they're like walking there and they're having, and it, immediately you're like okay finally we're back we're into, back to our format yeah because they're just sort of like talking and they're like man how long has it been since we've been able to talk like this
1: mm, and to think
0: yeah and to think and they sort of have this like sort of sort of thing where they're trying to bring romance into it, but they both kind of keeps like veering faltering mm-hmm. back into reality. Like she's like, do you think that if you saw me at, on that train now, you would like come up to me and ask you, like ask me to get off the train with you. And he was like, ah, and then she's like, you wouldn't, would you? And mm. she was like, I was just looking for some romance. And so that mm. there was like this, she asks
1: yeah. a lot of loaded questions. Yeah.
0: And also it does feel like what the movie is trying to, Give you is sort of like this idea between truth and quote unquote right or romantic answer. It's sort of like the the real answer doesn't always match up with how we want the world to be, and it makes it sort of feel like, man. You can feel the toll that just life has taken mm-hmm. upon the the love and romantic relationship. Yeah, I mean
1: and all those things are hard. Having kids is hard.
0: And she didn't I kind of living was,
1: in a, you know, being from separate countries is hard. Yeah, Divorce.
0: Like, they you find out that like hank uh basically was smuggled out of new york when um jesse and celine went back to france to give for her to give birth and it was a hard it was
1: a hard pregnancy Yeah, it was a
0: hard pregnancy and then jesse had to like go back and try to get custody of hank because like the mom had like taken him across like state lines state lines and now there were different laws that were more like favorable for her to keep the child and
1: and she and they have a really bad relationship with um, Jesse's ex-wife. Yeah. So they neither of them get along with her, and she says she says all this. You know, uh, Celine says she's an alcoholic and um, she's awful. Um, but it, you know, courts will will favor the mother often in these situations, just because of societal expectations that mothers will be, be- you know better parents, which is not true sometimes. <laughs> and uh, but also the other thing that
0: I thought was really interesting about this thematically is that every time that they're just with another person and talking to them, they have a really good relationship. Like both Celine and Jesse both have really good talks with Hank and they seem like really mm-hmm. loving to him. And like them and their daughters have like a good relationship and mm-hmm. them and their friends seem to have a good relationship. They, yeah,
1: they even say the uh, the, the leader of the, the writer's uh, retreat says, this is the first time we've had an author here whose partner was more interesting yeah. <laughs> than
0: him, which I really loved. And yeah, I thought that... Um, it's interesting because then the only thing that's getting in the way is all of the logistics of life. Yes. Like he Jesse kind of wants to go back to Chicago so that he can be with Hank during his teenage years and she's like I absolutely do not want to go to Chicago because I finally have this dream job that I want to take and like she feels as though after And she's
1: the, European. Like yeah. she she is a person that seems to need to live in Europe Paris yeah
0: and she like after becoming a mother feels as though her identity has been taken Mm -hmm. from her and like the logistics of just like being alive with a family and all that kind of stuff has taken away something from them which again I'm I'm really interested to see when I'm like 40 or whatever and watch this film again if that's gonna be really resonant because that's really scary and sad um but yeah the feeling of the the idea that you are losing something when you're in your 30s and then now in your 40s that you have lost something you've lost a sense of who you were in in service to this other person that you are now
1: but I also think that the film does it does focus more on their problems yeah than on everything that they've gained yeah which is that like it, I think, think that they, they have a wonderful family they are with their their soul I think they're soulmates. yeah and I don't know you know not everyone believes in that but I do think that they were they're really they're really meant to be together and so the fact that they are together and that they made it work and that they have these you know they have children and they they both seem to have a really good relationship with Jesse's son is like really beautiful like jesse's yeah. son keeps calling celine from the airport and it you know he he has confessed to her that that he is like s- started up a little romance with with,
0: with a woman yeah, with
1: it not a woman
0: a full <laughs> woman and it's the not, spinoff off of this is licorice, licorice pizza. pizza it's not
1: licorice pizza <laughs> that's
0: so licorice pizza
1: <laughs> it's very licorice pizza yeah hank the 14 year old and an adult woman <laughs> at the grecian uh resort
0: yeah so but then i thought it was really interesting too like they're about to have sex and they're like having this really in the
1: hotel room yeah and
0: in every other movie when they are getting physically intimate you don't always, see any of it but in this one they actually do show a little bit of it because it feels you sort do of see
1: like her breasts
0: a little, a little, a little titty <laughs>
1: <laughs> i thought you were saying her little titties no no
0: like a, a little bit of Boobage. a little bit of boob yep and um but i think that they do it because it feels so part of the deal you know it doesn't feel special or crazy mm, because they've done this many times now. yeah yeah and it feels just like rote or routine and then oh that's a good point point. and then they're about to like make love and then the, the phone rings and then like life
1: stops gets in the it, way
0: and then they begin to have this fight Yes. That continues on and like you learn about how like she, Celine feels like she was kind of abandoned during the early days of her like the the end of her pregnancy and like raising these babies because like Jesse had to be back in the US to try to get custody of Hank. She is trying to express herself in a certain way and jesse is just like like trying to be like rational and cold and like hit like which i Blech. i have like thought that way before too and it's like totally it's so toxic it's just yeah. it's
1: just toxic masculinity to say like well you know i'm going to be the the rational you know i'm going to be the devil's advocate in this situation and because you're getting emotional you know that negates everything that you have to say yeah which is like we're human beings we're going to be emotional and we're <laughs> of course we're going to be emotional about our you know really important these really important things in our lives and the fact that you have this child in another country yeah. that you i would love to have live with us but you know we can't work it out
0: yeah and it also it, it's interesting because i felt myself swapping between them quite a bit because there are points Unlike when whose
1: side that you were yeah because
0: there are points where jesse is a good just argument like, then yeah because like jesse is like at certain points like if you don't want to go, we're not going. I'm, like, super devoted to you and the girls. And, like, I love this life we have together. And I love you. And I am devoted to you. But then she keeps, like, bringing up these things that, like, try to, like, tear down that, like, connection with each other. And then there's also a moment where it's sort of one of them or both of them maybe have cheated on the other. Ah, uh, yeah, sweet. Yeah. Which she, is never really resolved. She
1: brings up a moment that... um that, on one of his book tours, yeah. where she had suspicions that he that he had cheated on her, and he never.
0: Like, denies he it. never
1: denies it she says. she says to me she says swear on the girls that you did not cheat on me and and all he says is like i am devoted to you i am here with you which to me is a is a concession of guilt yeah um but i also but think also, that there there's, but he
0: says like hey you were at a conference and there was like this person an old boyfriend that, an old boyfriend like after his mom died you went to him yeah and he's like, and I never asked about it and mm-hmm. I, I don't wanna talk and about it. Yeah, and
1: he's like, I understand that you're a complicated human being and I accept you yeah. for all of your flaws and um and honestly, like they seem like a pretty evolved couple. Yeah, like so I would I wouldn't be surprised if they were like a little non monog.
0: Yeah. And they, they have like a really interesting sort of like relationship where Obviously, they are super devoted to each other in some ways, but also that they are very independent. Yeah, they're both striving for independence, which also feels like which is
1: the theme of the the film. Yeah,
0: definitely, it's like sort of this like fight between them trying to um, live for something more than themselves, but then feeling like I have given away myself in Mm -hmm. service of that, and I don't like it. I've (laughs)
1: lost. Yeah, I've lost some part of myself.
0: Yeah, and so they have this fight, and eventually Celine just like storms out. And Jesse is, like, sitting in the room, and we just see different, like, parts of the room, all empty and alone, and him, like, looking. And then he goes, and we kind of see the old Jesse a little bit. Like, she's sitting in a cafe alone. Outside. Just kind of... And she left saying, you know, I think it's pretty simple. I think I just don't Don't love love you you anymore.
1: anymore. Oh, that's hard. Yeah,
0: which is really... Oh God, it's like your your my heart fell into my stomach a little bit. Because
1: before that, even though they're fighting, there's you they still are always saying kind of like, I care about you, I care about you, I yeah. care about you. And it it never gets too
0: mean. Yeah, and then she and she keeps leaving and then coming back to like continue to try to talk it through. <laughs> then this time she leaves and she doesn't come back, and so Jesse goes and follows her. Hey. And she
1: really wants to be alone, clearly.
0: Yeah. And he kinda comes up and is like, Hey, Um, this is so weird, but I'm actually a time traveler and I went to you when you are 86 and you gave me this letter to read to you. It's
1: on a napkin.
0: Yeah, and he just- It's also
1: clearly blank.
0: Yeah, it's clearly (laughs) blank. He's like, essentially when he sits down, he like takes the napkin and puts it into his pocket too. But it's like this thing where you can see that there's still that little bit of them Mm. that is like super romantic and not bogged down by- the world that they live in
1: mm-hmm. and and that's when alice started crying
0: alice started <laughs> sobbing yes and and at first Celine's like fuck you i don't want to talk to you i don't love you anymore i don't
1: want to play these games yeah
0: and she is like rejecting this like all of all
1: olive be- branch that he's yeah clearing.
0: and then he kind of turns to her and is like i'm here to try to make you laugh and i'm trying to show you that i love you mm. and if you don't want that fine you are being you are essentially not unlovable but you are somebody who is taking somebody who may be flawed but still loves you and you are throwing them out and if that's the case then fine but you just have to understand what you're doing mm. and then she sort of like concedes and is like okay what else does the letter say and they have this like nice little moment where they start kind of talking again and we kind of fade out on it and it's the end of the movie which makes it very you know we don't know what's going to happen with them they're having i these think they troubles. stay together <laughs> Alice was sobbing. She's like, they stay together.
1: (laughs) Of course they do. They're meant to be together.
0: Yeah. And I just... There's too much history. And like thinking back on it now, it's still... It's very beautiful and still very like... Instead of romantic, it feels very loving Mm -hmm. in a weird way. And there's just like that little bit of romance that they tease you with at the end to show Mm -hmm. that it's still there a little bit. Yeah, But yeah, still my least favorite of the three because it does... Brings you back down to Earth. Yeah, it really, a lot of reality creeps in and it feels sad.
1: Yeah. <sighs> yeah, I cried yeah. the most at that one.
0: Yeah, because it does feel like there is a tangible loss that they're dealing with, but mm. that they are still who they are. And and I think that that's also kind of sad to show that they are still who they were and also that they have lost something, mm-hmm. but they still have something else. And I think yeah. that it's, it is beautiful, but it's sad.
1: Sure. I'd be, I would be very interested to see what they would do with a fourth movie.
0: Yeah. I, I would actually really love to see if they could really capture. And the, they could have
1: the little girls grown up. Yeah. They could play. They could be played by the same oh, kids yeah. because it's just time passing they're not actors. <laughs> we'll get them. Yeah. I'll convince them. Okay. I'll write to them,
0: <laughs> and you could see Hank grown up.
1: Yeah, on that. and they uh, would ha- they would have to use the same actor.
0: Yeah, I would, but I would love to see them as old people mm. dealing with like coming into the end of their lives.
1: Well, they do talk about, you know, w- would they be together in fifty six more yeah, years? It's like ah, um, um,
0: and it's just like because that is something that I think about a lot. Which this is kind of a downer, but like. Thinking about after your career is not ahead of you anymore, your family life is still there, but it's like in a very different way. You're not like a driving force in it anymore. You're sort of like a passenger in that time as you're older and have less, you know. I mean, in my family, it feels that way where my grandparents and everything were more reliant on my parents. And like my parents had a more active role in like shaping me and shaping kind of family policy, I guess. Um, but I would really love to see how that affects their their love for each other and their their relationship, because then you truly have it's like sort of that life gets in the way during this middle part of your life. And then, but it then all of, that
1: stuff kind of goes away, it, it kind
0: of recedes. And then you're left with it's mm-hmm. kind of like for me, the, the thing that I kind of get scared about and like sad and existential about is like when all that stuff goes away, what are you left with? If you've given all of mm. this time and energy into solving for those problems, and then all of it goes away, are you just left with like emptiness? And I think that that is a god,
1: that's... <laughs> and it's so
0: th- dark. And I would really love to see this this movie talk to that because mm. I think again the true triumph of these movies are that they are so good at identifying a feeling of a a a time period and an age that. They express so eloquently without ever like talking about it specifically, but they they just embody that age so well.
1: Do you think the next one will be called before noon?
0: No, probably before dawn.
1: That makes more sense.
0: But I guess sunrise and dawn are kind of the same thing. Aren't they,
1: they are, yeah. Before afternoon tea.
0: <laughs> before second breakfast.
1: Before my cat nap.
0: Before the night's time land fullness boo <laughs>
1: um, that you know I just did the math if they were if they were doing a fourth one it would have to come out this year yeah
0: I don't not think that they're the not they're not yeah, but I think that he said like but it's interesting years or something
1: it's interesting stuff. that uh no it would be 18 Nick
0: no but I'm saying that he said in the 20s like 27 years he wants to maybe oh do oh my god
1: one. he's gonna be dead we'll see <laughs> <laughs> um richard linklater you have to hold on yeah please just one more movie please <laughs> please take good care of yourself richard
0: <laughs> i what do you think about when artists are told to like stay alive so that they can finish the art that they make
1: you mean like george r, r. martin yeah <laughs> is that what you're referring to yeah exactly <laughs> um well he's kind of a betrayer
0: okay well anyway this was <laughs> the before trilogy do you have any, like which one was your favorite out of all of them um i think the first one's my favorite yeah I, I think the second one's so good because it's like the second know. one is really good. It feels like wow, second chances do happen, mm. you know, and it's sort of like it's never too late.
1: Yeah, maybe that. I mean, that one might be the most romantic.
0: Yeah, because they do they fall in love again, which is harder. Oh. It's not just this one special night. It's like
1: and there's a bookstore.
0: <laughs> yeah, you, know, you fucking nerd. <laughs>
1: Oh, I yeah, I'm you the nerd. I'm the nerd here. Oh, what, what are
0: you doing over there? Reading. I'm the nerd of this podcast. <laughs> All right. Listen, I'm gonna go play D and D while you go read your books. <laughs> NPCs. Hmm. Any final thoughts about the Before trilogy? Would you recommend these? Like, how? Would I would you-
1: recommend these to everyone. Um, if you like love action movies, then you have bad taste, and you should watch more movies whoa, like whoa, this. Whoa, whoa,
0: whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, are these good? Yes. Are they good as as good as Malignant? I'm not sure. <laughs> 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 i i don't even have a comment on that yeah i think i would also agree R- hard recommend to everyone watch it these with- are some
1: These is my favorite trilogy of all time i think that they are
0: what about watching them alone though you watched them alone the first time right
1: you mean like
0: by myself yeah <laughs> yes what how'd that feel uh sad do you think that it's but better i love watching th- it with somebody or
1: um, I mean, it's nice watching them with someone
0: that you love. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, I I, that, I would also recommend that, like, I would h- do a hard recommend in either case, but I would recommend watching them with somebody that you love. Um, even just a friend. Yeah, even just a friend. Because I think that... Because it, it might turn into something more. <laughs> <laughs> but also, I think that it's just nice to... Revel in the connection that the movie is showing and then mm. having that connection to, like, come out of it and feel uh, in your life as well, I think is more meaningful than to, to have the movie end and then be like, will this ever happen to me? I think, like like you said, even if it's just a friend or if it's like a pet, a pet or whatever, just like having someone to be, like, there with you and having that connection to hold on to, I think helps the movie the the feeling of the movie last. I don't know if hmm. if you think about that.
1: Yeah. I uh, yeah, it was nice. I've uh I've never watched them with anyone else, so.
0: Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Alice. You're welcome, Nick. And in fact, next month, ooh, for Woman's, a little tease. Women's History Month. Herstory month. Herstory. Nick, you're going to take over for an episode <laughs> with your friend Liz, who's also been on the podcast yep, before. Yeah, Billie Eilish. <laughs> Billie Eilish, who you, who you might remember from the Malignant Bonus episode. Who loved old. Yes, and you guys are going to do two rom-coms, right?
1: Some woman cent- Something woman-centric. Okay. Uh, We're so not sure yet. It's exactly. going to be loose.
0: Uh, I'll probably post something either on our Twitter or Instagram or something about what it is before It'll it It'll be loose. Out.
1: We'll be loose. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> Uh, we'll be loose women I I don't know how you do that on a podcast
0: (laughs) but you just wait and see I can't wait (laughs) maybe we'll drink a little wine excellent (laughs) um anyway so thank you so much for coming on alice i can't wait to to see what you guys do next i will be editing that episode so it will be a pleasure i will be listening to it just like everyone else for the first time um and then after that i'll be back for the next month i think uh we're doing in april um two satires because it's april Fool's.
1: <laughs> that was my idea yeah uh um, you're welcome
0: everyone yeah i think that we're gonna I, I think i'm gonna do death of stalin maybe i've heard that it's good i've never seen it it seems interesting and uh i'll have another new guest on that one i think um and then we'll go into the summer uh maybe mary ellen will come back for one or maybe we'll keep going with guests uh who knows but thank you so much for listening everyone and Woo. we will see you next time goodbye goodbye